testing. So just again to remind with the gong meditation, the, our practice with it, we let the sound interrupt or disrupt our ordinary patterning. It does that almost immediately. It, you, you can notice that, right? So almost immediately. Maybe we hear one, one uh, uh, gong sound. And we're still sort of like thinking about how we're settling in here. And then another. And as we follow the instruction, it just very quickly just disrupts our ordinary patterning of mind, reactive patterning. And starts, we let it draw us in more and more and more. And very naturally, then, qualities of our, our deeper awareness just start to naturally emerge, right? How, what, what qualities would you name immediately? Just immediately, what, what quality would you name? Stillness. Stillness. Surprise. Simplicity, uh, deeply relaxing. Continuity. Continuity. Clarity. Clarity. For me, for me deepening peace. Just sort of like that. Others? Transparency. Sorry, transparency. Spacious. Spaciousness. Presence. Presence. Serenity. Serenity. For me, also warmth. And there's even a compassionate quality that emerges. Just an underlying, very natural, compassionate quality. those are qualities of our deeper awareness now surfacing, as it were. And then when I stop hitting the gong, we can just steepen those qualities, just like with the field of care meditation. It's really like the gong is an external refuge, and that evokes qualities of inner refuge, then we can steepen those qualities. In a certain sense, the world has been doing that all along, but we haven't known how to take it into practice. Uh, people and things have been interrupting us and then we tend to uh, get caught up in our reactions to that and react. But the interruption can be a moment of opening into qualities of our deeper awareness which we can then steep in a bit and then we can come from there into, come from there into our, back into our world. Steepen them and let them uh, process us or metabolize us in a sense. Let those qualities do it. Forget about a separate me over here processing and doing something to myself and now I'll be better. It's just not the approach of this tradition. And in fact, this approach is what really attracted me to it. When I first met it, I felt like, whoa, this is the whole other side of everything like yin to yang, that it makes, every, makes sense out of everything that I was, had been trying to do in the yang mode. And both those aspects are, uh, can be complementary. They don't have to be, they're not contradictory, but they also represent different traditions within Buddhism of primary grounding in one or the other. So right now we're drawing on a Buddhist tradition that's primarily grounded in more of a yin approach, uh, uh, a beyond effort approach, allowing what's beyond our own efforts, a kind of uh, like uh, engrace us. And that could then 
support any, any efforts that we exert. So again, those compassionate presence to feelings practice can be seen as, as a way of further enhancing the holding and informing the kind of holding environment that, we'd lear- that we've been learning to establish with the field of care practice. And each can, in, in fact, both practices can just be there together. If we really feel a connection to the field of care practice, that can be, you can just think of that. Think of your field of care and that can help you come into become a compassionate holding space for your feelings. For some, for some of us, that's that's effective. For others, as I said, the compassion presence to feelings is revelatory. It's like, whoa, this is what I really wanted to connect with. I I would suggest that making a new relationship with to our feelings in this kind of way is actually a key to. Uh, all possibilities for individual and social change, beneficial change. Uh, learning, learning a new relationship to our feelings is a key to the possibility of all beneficial change, both individual and social, all, I would say. And the reason is because our reactions to our feelings are what drive our individual and social behaviors. Our individual and social behaviors are a conditioned mechanism of reaction to our feelings pleasant and unpleasant feelings especially, and then the emotional feelings that are uh, constructed around those pleasant and unpleasant uh, feeling tones, and then reacting from our uh, emotions to everything. So basically our habitual ways of reacting to our feelings are what keep us caught up in our layers of suffering. That's the second noble truth. That's another way of just phrasing the second noble truth of the Buddhist teaching of his four noble truths, inner causes of suffering. The linchpin of it all is our, is our reactions to our feelings, pleasant and unpleasant feelings, especially. It's the linchpin of samsara. So to make a radically or foundationally different relationship to our feelings is to shake the very foundations of samsara in Buddhist terms, actually. And as long as we keep reacting to our feelings in the usual conditioned and socialized ways, we wind up also reacting to others from a place of suffering in us, rather than from a place of more freedom, inner freedom, and, and fuller presence and care. So before doing the Compassion Presence to Feelings Meditation a second time, I just want to raise something up. Uh, it didn't come up yet, but it probably did in some of our meditations, and uh, it always does in retreats that I've taught before. And that is, remember again how our socialization, for many of us, has taught us to relate to our emotions, our emotional feelings within our families, um, schools, uh, work, and society how we are conditioned to relate to our emotional feelings. So remember that. So many of us are so accustomed to fear difficult feelings or conditioned to suppress them, deny them, or try to distract ourselves from them all the time. I think that's a huge part of the rise of the um, smartphone is we never have to be with our feelings anymore. We can just be externalized all the time, which of course is uh, itself a form of addiction to avoid our feelings. 
or to stimulate only pleasant feelings as best we can all the time. So, so perhaps almost never, as in, the, as in this uh, CPF meditation, almost never just being aware of our emotional feelings in a spacious, deeply allowing way. Almost never. So, that is, compassionately aware of the feeling like a friend with a friend. And if it's a, like a troubled feeling, if it's troubled, it could be a happy feeling, any feeling, but if it's a troubled feeling, which is often what we're experiencing, then being with that troubled feeling, just like a, a friend with a troubled friend, if you're really being a friend with a troubled friend, not just another needy person troubled by their troubledness and trying to get them to be untroubled so that you don't have to feel troubled. Not that, but a real friend, a mature person, than being a friend with a troubled friend like, than like others have been with you or you have been with others. You can remember that. It's just like that, actually. Just like that. And I realized it, at some point in this teaching, and I've done this before in retreats, and it seems to be a popular thing, but there's a Bob Dylan song. And uh, I realized in light of this practice, uh, part, part of the reason probably why that song attracted me so much when I was young and I, and I was first really hearing it. And it's a song called All I Really Want to Do by Bob Dylan. And what he's singing about is, uh, I remember one time as an undergraduate, I was like a junior in college, and I, I burst into one of my college friends' rooms, you know, the sort of person that you share things with. And I said, Bob Dylan's a Buddhist. And he said, what? Because I'd been studying Buddhism in college. And I said, what the hell are you talking about, John? You know, I was just completely skeptical. Uh, but I, you know... Anyhow, so in this song, basically, what he's doing is he's singing to a friend. And we all tend to be very wary with each other. And this is also the, like the 60s and early 70s when he's singing. So everybody's wary of everything. So he's... he's like singing to his friend in a way, just like our compassionate presence, the feelings meditation, the same kind of principle of it. Do you want me to, yes. to give you a few yes. lyrics? Or, or no, I'll just, I'll skip that and just go on. So, <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'll try to sort of sing it, but I can't do it like Dylan. Uh, I have to bring Dylan to, to my mind literally as, as like a field of care and hear him singing it. Hear him singing it and then I could begin to resonate, but I'm not a singer. So I ain't looking to compete with you, beat or cheat or mistreat you. Simplify you, classify you, deny, defy, or crucify you. All I really want to do <laughs> is baby be friends with you. No, isn't that... Isn't that a lot like the spirit of the meditation? Is it CPF? I ain't looking to fight with you. Think about this as like singing to the feeling, like a disturbing feeling. I ain't looking to fight with you, frighten you or uptighten you. Analyze you, categorize you, finalize you or advertise you. All I really want to do is baby be friends with you. Isn't that something? I ain't looking to block you up, 
shock or knock or lock you up, or disgrace you, or displace you, or define you, or confine you. All I really want to do is baby be friends with you. That's kind of it, isn't it? But we're in the habit of doing those things with regard to our feelings. And as long as we're doing that with regard to our feelings, I think to some significant degree we're doing it with other, other people and beings. So that's Bob Dylan on, C- on compassionate presence of the feelings. <laughs> so just one thing I wanted to raise up, it didn't come up yet, but it's probably happening and it always does in retreats I've taught or been with. When introduced to this practice, Subconsciously, our socialized habits of ways of being with feelings tend to come up and reinterpret the practice in their own terms. Our habits of trying to avoid or distract ourselves from or manage or control feelings, or I will process my feelings. So mishearing that instruction of letting them process themselves. I will process them in in the meditation or something like that. So... In other words, there can be a kind of an inchoate, even subliminal kind of sense of things that, oh boy, I, I finally have a way to get rid of these feelings. So I'll, I'll, uh, instead of, so I'll, I'll use this compassion presence to feelings. And the sign of that is when a, when a practitioner asks, well, why didn't the feeling go away? So then that signals that they were trying to make it go away with the practice. But they may not be even conscious that they were. So that's what, uh, what I mean by our condition, conditioning, our socialization may kick in and we reinterpret the practice in those terms. So the, the, the basic motivation becomes to get it to go away, this fear or anxiety or whatever it is. And as long as we're holding that kind of agenda or motivation, the feeling, the feeling knows it. And it won't, it's, it'll just uh, react. It'll get stronger or react. Um, Another very typical way, because so many of the people who come to retreats are um, in uh, caregiving roles or roles of service to others. So a very typical uh, response to this meditation is to try um, basically to avoid actually becoming present to our feelings by thinking throughout the entire practice as, as I'm leading it how I will help others by teaching this meditation to them. That's very, very common. So even as, as the meditation is being led, I'm just thinking about how I'm going to, oh, this is really a great thing, it's a great tool for me, and I can teach others this. But then we're not actually doing it. So obviously we can't really teach it to others. So it's actually a strategy to avoid it in the name of taking it up in some other way than actually doing it. You sort of follow what I'm saying? That may have occurred to some of you. So. I'm not saying that we, this may not become part of our lives and part of what we may share with others eventually if we become very familiar with it, lots of repetition of it, lots of practice of it in our lives, daily lives as well as on the cushion, as it were. And if we really become familiar with it, then we're kind of skilled at it. And there may be occasions when it's appropriate to share it with others. In that case, it's good to come into conversation with me if you're going to do that. Or to keep connected uh, in our practice together to keep deepening.
but it's possible that can that can unfold. But uh, that will never unfold if we don't actually do the practice, because we're always just thinking about how we're going to help others. We're going to be a big help. We're going to bring this practice to them, even as the practice is being led. Okay. So the next time, now when we do the meditation, let's notice when parts of us come up that want to manage or control or get rid of the feelings in the, in the name of, of compassion, presence, and feelings. You be using it to try to do that. Uh, and then as you notice those parts of yourself coming up, then just take them right into the practice by just becoming aware of them and their feelings in the same spacious, compassionate way. It's just like the principles of the uh, field of care meditation. So accessing the qualities and then noticing when some part of you is coming up that has an agenda for the meditation and then just taking that into the practice and become aware of the feeling within that part of you and become a holding, be a holding environment for that feeling. So now you're not fully identified with that feeling or that part of you, but it's being held and can begin to metabolize itself. Okay? Just like field of care. Another aspect of this is just to be aware that it, this, can get, this, this practice can become quite precise and quite rigorous in a very natural way, as we familiarize with it. That is, whatever reactions come up, whatever trains of thought we go into, as we tend to become distracted, uh, they're delivering feelings. They're all connected with emotional feelings, all of our trains of thought, all of our reactions. So anything that comes up like that, we can be conscious that, oh, this is delivering feelings. That, by the way, is coming straight out of Abhidharma. Abhidharma is like higher Buddhist learning from early Buddhist traditions that are, that are all of our reactions and, and trains of thought are, are delivering feelings. And then when we react to the feelings with uh, grasping or attachment, self-clinging, or aversion, or pushing away, or distracting from, we're generating the causes of samsara. So that's called the conditioned arising of suffering. All, everything's delivering feelings to us in that sense. Everything that we're experiencing is um, becoming a source for the, for the construction and generation of, of emotional feelings, subtle or more gross. And then depending on how we react to those feelings, uh, we get more and more caught, more and more unfree, more and more caught up, or the opposite, more and more deepening, settling into deeper and deeper equanimity with our feelings, enjoying the, the way they metabolize themselves or process themselves, seeing more now, sensing more, more compassion, more qualities of discernment, more groundedness. That's the opposite more qualities of nirvana starting to emerge from our Buddha nature.
Okay, so shall we go ahead? Again, the principles of the practice are to notice whatever feeling in the body or the mind as it's being led, and deeply allowing that feeling, letting it have all the space it needs to just find its own place, feel gently welcome here, begin to process or metabolize itself, and just resting with the feeling or within it, and then letting everything be. Okay? Just keep exploring that. Okay, shall we? We'll just sit in a relaxed way. Eyes could be open, gazing gently downward, if, if you like. And then just come down from the thinking mind into the body. Kind of settling into the body as a whole. And let the breath also settle into its own natural flow while inhaling from the abdomen so it expands. And now notice the physical sensation or feeling in any part of your body. Not the most painful part, but just anywhere in your body. Pick a particular place. And become aware of that physical sensation in a deeply allowing way. Without trying to change it at all or do anything to it. Just profoundly allowing letting it have all the space it needs to find its own way of being. And now from within your body, just sense whatever emotional feeling is present there. Not just thinking about it, but sensing how it feels from within at the level of feeling. And again, it might be a subtle emotional feeling. There's just a little bit of anxiety or fear or liking or disliking the way it is here. Or it might be a stronger feeling. And then again, just become aware of that feeling within your body with a sense of deep permission for it. Just fully allowing it to be here.
in that way, just gently welcoming it. Letting it have all the space it needs here. like a friend quietly present to a friend, just letting the feeling have all the space it needs to find its own place and process itself in its own time, its own way. So just resting with the feeling spaciously in that way. Letting it be. Letting it metabolize itself in its own way. Then one feeling may dissolve or open into a further feeling and so forth. So just be with whatever feeling is predominant in the same deeply accepting, spacious way. Whatever part of you or train of thought or reaction may come up, and just notice the feeling within that and become compassionately a compassionate holding environment for that, that feeling in the same way. Whatever comes up is delivering a feeling with which we can practice.
And as the practice deepens, you might, might find your mind resting right in the core or essence of a feeling. The feeling opening into a space of deep warmth and calm and peace from within. That could happen. And if that happens, just relax deeply right into that experience and let everything be. Now let this kind of spacious, compassionate holding environment just let your, help your mind to just relax deeply, settle back a bit inwardly, and let the mind release all of its frameworks of meditation or concern, and let it just become completely open like space beyond reference points. settling into the background of awareness or the ground of awareness, which is intrinsically wide open and luminous. And let that sky-like openness just meditate you. Let that process everything. by just letting everything be.
And again, you can allow the resonance or quality of the meditation to continue, if you'd like. So I think it might be helpful to, again, to go into small groups for a little while, this time just 15 minutes. Um, uh, and uh, groups of four again. You can spread out again. Please try to keep track of time, so just 15 minutes. And the prompts would be these for discussion. It would be, uh, how is the experience of emotions in this meditation uh, in moments of spaciously allowing them or being a holding environment for them? How's the experience of this meditation in moments of being a holding environment for the feelings, different from your usual way of being with emotions. So that's number one. And then problem number two would be just what else does this meditation show you, newly show you, or raise up? And then third would just be any questions. And you can do any of those. You can do one or two or all three of them. It's okay with the 15 minutes. Can you read the first one again, please? Yeah. Uh, how's the experience of emotions in, in this meditation in moments of being a, you know, a, holding, a compassionate holding environment for them? How is that different from your usual way of being with your emotions? Okay. So please, let's move into small groups, uh, if, if you'd like and can spread out again, and then just 15 minutes this time, please. Um, I'm going to stand over here because uh, it's pretty hot there right now. Do you want us to move the table? Uh, no, it's okay. That's good. We should take turns sitting here then. (laughs) And then we'll all see how a halo feels over here. (laughs) Oh, yeah, probably be good. Do you know how to? Okay, or Matthew knows? Yeah. That's good. Thanks. Okay, so uh, 
Well, let just let it be. Uh, let the fan fan people do their work. But uh, any questions now about the practice you've had since everybody's had a chance to uh, explore it a little bit in small group and share with each other? Uh, are there any questions that arose uh, in those small groups or that you have that you? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.